0: Thank you so much for joining us for this week's podcast of the Sunday Morning Sermons of the Bullard Church of Christ in Bullard, Texas. We hope you'll be blessed, challenged, and encouraged by today's lesson. Thankful for the blessing to be together, worship and fellowship, and praise God together. We're so thankful for our new Christian, our new recently new Christians, and our new members even up to this morning, and we want you to know that uh, you mean a lot to us, and we care about you. We're here for you to help you continue in your walk with Christ. I want to, again, uh, plug the new member and new Christian day that is next Sunday, a new thing that we're doing. We want to show our thank- our thankfulness and our appreciation to those who are new Christians and new members. And so what we're doing next week is we will have a combined class in here at 9 a.m., And we're going to talk about uh, things about the Lord's work here at the Bullard Congregation. And we hope it will be informative and encouraging. It's a great opportunity to ask questions uh, of any of the elders about uh, what we're doing, where we're going, and things like that. And we hope it will uh, not only excite you, but also challenge you as a member of the Lord's work here. And then we'll have our worship service, followed by uh, a fellowship lunch. And during that time, we also want to show appreciation and thankfulness for our new Christians and new members. So we, we hope that all of you are able to participate in that uh, on next week. Now, if, you're, if you've been visiting and you also want to learn more about this congregation, that's a good opportunity for you. Any time is good, but this is a good opportunity for you to participate in that class as well and ask questions, listen to the things that are said. We hope that it is kind of a... A, a Bullard Church of Christ 101, if you will, something along those lines, and I think that you will find it to be uh, helpful uh, in, in your, uh, your participation with this congregation. Last week we saw that Jesus absolutely cares about our problems. He cares about the storms that we go through. We looked at a story that taught us just that, that taught us to Quit being afraid and to put our trust in Jesus. And we saw that no matter what the storm is like in life, we can get through the storm if we keep our faith in Christ. We're going to look at some similar stories today uh, that we see people who are healed, who put their faith in Jesus, and who He was, and to the the extent that they understood at that time, they put their trust in Him. And we see that He cares about their problems, no matter how big or how maybe, perhaps small, they are. And so in Mark chapter 5, we find Jesus being asked to help in a life-and-death situation and in a situation that's not quite so extreme but still important nonetheless. And Jesus regardless of our, uh, the size of our circumstances, cares about our problems. So in Mark chapter 5, we find that Jesus has crossed back over the Sea of Galilee. He's back over where he was uh, originally when we started looking at this uh, storyline. And look at verses 21 through 24 in Mark chapter 5. Mark tells us that once again, Jesus got into the boat and crossed Lake Galilee. Then as he stood on the shore, a large crowd gathered around him. The person in charge of the synagogue was also there. His name was Jairus, and when he saw Jesus, he went over to him. He knelt at Jesus' feet and started begging him for help. He said, my little daughter is about to die. Please come and touch her so she will get well and live. Jesus went with Jairus. Many people followed along and kept crowding around. And let's pause right there and look at what's happening. As soon as he approached the shore, I imagine he could see the people already gathered. They saw his boat coming in and they already begin to gather. And as soon as he steps off the boat and onto the land... The people are just crowding around him. They've heard what he's been teaching. They've seen him heal. They've seen him forgive. They've seen his power. And they want more of it. They want to hear more. Maybe they themselves want to be healed. Maybe they want a loved one to be healed. Maybe they want forgiveness. Maybe they're skeptical and they want to challenge him or listen more to try to figure out who this man is. Nevertheless, the crowd is there gathering. And he can't hardly move. The crowd gets bigger and and they're all crowded in among him. There's no place to move around. And this this synagogue ruler, they had similar to the way the Lord's church is today where you have elders, multiple elders. They had multiple uh, synagogue rulers who attended to the needs and the cares of that synagogue in that location. And this particular one, Jairus, he was one of those rulers. And he obviously, because Jesus had been working and teaching in Galilee, he had to have been following Jesus very closely, listening to what people said about him, listening to what he taught as much as he could, listening and watching the miracles. And and we don't know to the extent of what Jairus' faith is, but you know he was watching closely as a Jew and as a leader in this synagogue. And Jesus as a and the things he was teaching, he had to be checking him out. And at some point, to some degree, his faith in Jesus was growing. Whether he was all the way there yet or not, he believed there was something different about this man, Jesus. that, That he just might be the Messiah that I teach about, that we read about in the Old Testament, that we're waiting for. This Jesus just might be that one. And so... We see that Jairus, he rushes to Jesus in the midst of the crowd and everybody there knows who he is, don't they? And they all know that the Jews are not real friendly. They're not excited about Jesus because he's saying something they don't want taught. He's taking attention away from them. And everybody there in the crowd knows that's one of the rulers of the synagogue coming out to, to rushing out to get through the crowd to fall at the feet of Jesus. And Jairus knew the social and political and and work-related and religious risk that he took to put himself out there like that, to publicly proclaim faith in Christ, that yes, he just might be, I believe he is who he says he is, was great risk to everything in his life. And yet that's what we see him do. He rushes to Jesus. He kneels at his feet and he begs him, please heal my 12-year-old daughter. She's lying in the bed dying. It's a drastic situation. And Jairus turns to him out of desperation and says, why not give Jesus a chance? Because what if he is? Who he says he is. What if he is who scripture says he just might be? And so Jesus listens to him and hears him. And Jesus cares about his problem. Jesus cares about his daughter lying there dying. Jesus' heart goes out to these parents whose little girl might be breathing her last breath. And he agrees to go with Jairus to his house. And as they make their way, they get interrupted, don't they? Look at verses 25 through 34. Jesus leaves with Jairus to go see his daughter, and they're interrupted by what? Another need. You see, our needs never end, do they? Our problems never end, do they? As soon as we think we've got past one, as soon as we think we've got one of them figured out and solved and packaged up in a bow put on it, here comes another problem, right? And sometimes they don't wait in line. Sometimes they just come in a mad dash at you and you've got problems all over the place in your life. And sometimes you can feel overwhelmed by the problems of life. And these crowds represent in some way problems that were coming to Jesus. Not in a bad way, but they saw him as someone we can turn to, someone who can help us in our problems. And we see over and over again Jesus caring about our challenges, our struggles, our issues, and our problems. And so as Jesus is going to help one, that's life and death. It's that drastic. He gets interrupted by a woman. We don't know how old she is, but she's a grown woman. And she's had a a challenge of bleeding for 12 years. And notice the girl who's lying there dying is 12 years old. And this woman has dealt with this medical issue that no doctor she's seen could help her. In fact, it's made it worse. She spent all she had. Nothing has worked. And she's in pain and she's suffering for 12 years. And she hears that Jesus is here. And she also fights through the crowd. She gets to Jesus. She tries her best. Listen to verse 27 of uh, Mark chapter 5. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And verse 29 tells us, immediately, which is a, a, a key word in Mark, immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. You see, this was a woman who couldn't even go worship in the synagogue that Jairus was over. She was excluded from that synagogue. She was excluded from being around other people. Imagine for 12 years she can't be around close to people. She can't hug and be hugged. She's not welcome. She's not invited. She's dismissed and kept at a distance. She is not welcome anywhere. Because everywhere she goes, whatever she touches, she makes it unclean. Imagine that existence. Loneliness, sadness, depression, anger. Wondering, why God, why is this happening to me? Will I ever be able to... See my family again. Will I ever be hugged again? Can I ever hug someone else again? Will I ever know what it's like to sit near someone in in synagogue again and worship? Imagine what that could have been like for her. She wasn't even supposed to be there, but yet she reaches through that crowd. She sneaks through the crowd. She comes up behind Jesus through the crowd. And imagine how many people she touched... ...on the way there. And then she reaches out and touches the garment of Jesus... ...and according to the law makes him unclean. Anything she touched she made unclean. And then Jewish people would have had to follow Leviticus... ...that told them all the extensive uh, ceremonies they had to go through... ...and all that they had to do to become clean once again... ...because of this one woman. And so she touches Jesus... And she's immediately healed. She came up behind him in the crowd. She stretched out her hand and she barely gets a hold of the edge of his garment. And she's healed. And Jesus knew, verse 30 tells us, that his power had healed somebody. The disciples said, what are you talking about? When he asked, who who touched me? Somebody touched me. And what did his disciples say? What are you talking about, Jesus? Everybody's touching everybody. It's a mob. They're all over the place. Everybody's bumping into everybody. But Jesus knew something different happened. Now see, all of those people who bumped into Jesus, they didn't get healed, but this one woman did. What made the difference? And her getting healed. Jesus tells us later. He stops and he looks around and he said, Who touched me? And the woman is trembling. She's afraid. Why? Because she knows she shouldn't be there. She's been rejected and ridiculed before. She's been rebuked before. Time and time again. And she's waiting, what is the rabbi going to say to me? What is the crowd going to do to me? Jairus, the synagogue ruler, is right here. What's going to happen to me again? Because I tried to get healed. I tried to get my problems fixed. She's terrified of what might happen. And Jesus looks at her and notice what he says in verse 34. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. That was the total opposite of what she expected, of what she was used to in her life. That's not the way this usually, usually happened. And Jesus calls her, this term of affection, He calls her daughter, just like Jairus' daughter, who's lying there, Still waiting for something to happen, waiting for a miracle, hoping that she'll live another day. And Jairus is there, you know, he's just going insane, waiting to get Jesus to his house after this interruption. And Jesus stops, you know why? Because no problem is too small for Jesus. Everything we deal with, he cares about. And Jesus is not afraid to touch our lives in the midst of our problems. When I interned in Beaumont with the youth ministry in college uh, one year, I was talking to a man on the phone who said he couldn't come back to church and take communion until he got his life right. And I couldn't get him to understand that's not the way it works. But he felt like he had gotten so far from God that he had to get his life right before he could come back to worship and take communion. And Jesus is showing us that's not the way this works. You'll never get it right. You'll never fix your problems on your own. You'll never get cleaned up and fixed up enough. You've got to let Jesus touch your life. And let Him do the work in you. Let Him do the healing in your life. That's how you get right with God. You come to Him and you get through the crowd of life and the obstacles to your faith and everything holding you back and the social pressure and whatever it might be and you reach and stretch and push your way through until you get a hold of Jesus. That's what your faith is supposed to do. And that's what we see it do in this woman who didn't even have a full complete faith yet in Jesus. She didn't understand everything about who he was. But she knew enough to know I need to get to Jesus as soon as I can. And so Jesus isn't afraid to be touched by our problems. He comes into our lives and He cleanses us and heals us. And notice the reason she was healed was because of her faith. And He says, it is your faith that has healed you. And then He tells her to go in what? Peace. Your faith has made you whole. You've been healed of your disease. Now that word peace is the same word we found in Luke 7 a couple of Wednesdays ago... Uh, when the, the, the sinful woman was anointing Jesus' feet at the Pharisee's house. She was crying and kissing His feet and putting oil on His feet and drying His feet with oil. And He says, your sins are forgiven. Go in peace. And that word there for peace, the Greek word, is the equivalent of the Old Testament Hebrew word shalom. That means go in the peace of God, and it, and it means rest and, 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 and tranquility, but it also has a spiritual dimension, meaning a right relationship with God, peace with God. Your sins have for, been forgiven, is what he told the woman in Luke 7. And that's what Jesus is saying to this woman. Not only did she find uh, spirit, uh, f- physical uh, healing, she found spiritual healing. And she went with the peace of God, healed physically and now healed spiritually to a newer and greater understanding of who Jesus was. Now look at verses 35 through 43. As soon as this happened, in fact, in fact, Mark tells us while they're talking, there's another interruption. It's just interruptions after interruptions. And I want you to see, you're not interrupting Jesus. You're not bothering Jesus by going to him and taking your problems in your life to him. You're not, you're not, you're not, uh, he's not irritated at you. He's not bothered by you. He's not saying, oh, here she is again. Oh, goodness. Oh, I can't believe here's old brother so-and-so once again. That's not how Jesus feels. He takes our interruptions and our problems and he's here to be our Savior. And so, as soon as this happened, the terrible news interrupts the scene. And when someone comes from Jairus' house and he says, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any longer? You're going to have people in your life that say, look, you've messed up too bad. Jesus doesn't have time for you. Quit bothering Jesus with your life, with your mess. He, he's too busy for you. He doesn't want to deal with that again. That's not big enough for him. People want to say, "Don't why you've tried Jesus before and it didn't work out. Or, or I don't believe in him. It didn't work for me. Why would you give him a chance? Why are you putting your trust in Jesus? You're always going to have the doomsayer and the, the people who were going to distract and detract you from Jesus. They said, Jairus, Jairus, why are you messing with Jesus? Leave him alone. He's no help to you anymore. Do you see what they did? And Jesus knew. He's dealing with the situation over here, but he knew what was being said. And what did he say? Look at this picture. Jesus turns to Jairus and he says... Do not fear, only believe. Can you imagine the fear, the anguish, the terror in Jairus' heart and in his gut and in his mind right now after getting that news? Did he think this was all my fault? I I, I didn't get to Jesus in time. I didn't get Him to my house in time. If I had, remember Martha, she felt the same way. If I had, then my my baby would be alive. And now it's too late. And And Jesus says to Jairus, Do not fear, only believe. When did we just hear Jesus say, do not be afraid. Do not fear. Why are you so afraid? He just told his disciples that, remember, in the storm on the boat. He said, why are you so afraid? So once again, we see this contrast between fear and faith. And remember last time when we looked at that story, we, we said, when we fear, we feel forsaken. And in that moment, Jairus Felt like, Jesus, is this true that He can't help me anymore? I'm forsaken and now now I've lost my daughter. What can Jesus do now? He hadn't seen anybody be raised from the dead. He hadn't seen Jesus do that. He hadn't heard of that. He's only seen uh, people alive be healed and forgiven. And now it's a totally different situation. And Jesus says... Do not fear, only believe. Paul said it like this in 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We walk by faith and not by side. And that's what Paul meant. He said, don't look at the situation and be so terrified and horrified and let the world tell you the way it is and and quit this Jesus stuff and why are you trusting in him? Look, it's not working out for you. You need to try something else. Listen, I heard somebody on YouTube or TikTok and you got to listen to this. You got to read this book or you got to try this stuff that they sell and 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 they'll tell you all these other things. And Jesus is saying, why are you still so afraid of what happens in this life? Do you not know who I am? Do you not believe in who I am? Remember, Mark started his gospel saying, this is the gospel of the Son of God. And Mark is saying, believe in that same Jesus now. In your problems, believe in Jesus that he is the Son of God. He's the son of man too because he understands what we're going through. He relates to us and he is not afraid of what we're going through. So even when death comes, the Christ follower knows that life is temporary. And whether whether the person is healed or not, the Christian knows that there's life after this life and that this life is but a vapor. And what we need to be aiming for is our eternal life after this life. You see, Jesus was telling Jairus, don't let the doubters distract your faith. Don't listen to them. You stay focused on me and let's get to your house and go see your daughter. Jesus wanted Jairus to deepen his faith in him. And that's what our challenges and problems need to do. Instead of us running from Jesus and saying, well, I tried him for a second. I tried him on one thing. It didn't work out the way I wanted it to. And so we run from him. Jesus is saying, maybe you need to go deeper. Maybe you're not deep enough in me. Maybe your faith is too shallow. Keep on holding on to your faith. They get to Jairus' house. His daughter has passed. Jesus sees all the people making a ruckus there. He sends them all out. He stays in the house just with Jairus and his mom and his wife, the girl's mom, and Peter, James, and John. And he walks over to the little girl, and he says, Little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately, verses 42 and 43 tell us, The girl got up and began walking, and they were immediately overcome with amazement. It's a powerful story. But what does this teach us today? What's the message for us today? Well, I want to tell you about Brother Don Blackwell. You may know his name. He's been a preacher for a long time, a wonderful preacher. He's done a lot of gospel meetings and Uh, recording and lessons, and people have used his sermons all over in many ways. And I've never met him in person. I've listened to a lot of his lessons, and uh, maybe some of you know him. But in May of 2019, he and his wife were in a terrible four-wheeler accident that left Brother Don paralyzed. And he had uh, several weeks or a few months of recovery in the hospital And he talks about often how he has struggled in his recovery, how hard it was. We can't even imagine how difficult that was, how painful it was, the excruciating uh, uh, pain and difficulty and going through that. He doesn't have any memory of the accident. But he's still preaching and doing gospel meetings and working with Gospel Broadcasting Network and World Video Bible School, and just as busy as ever. In fact, I listened to one of his lessons recently, and he talked about this, and he shared the emotional turmoil that he went through. And he was saying that at one point he, uh, uh, he shared a story on Facebook some time ago that he would frequently get very discouraged because of everything he was going through, trying to adjust to his new reality, being paralyzed, uh, the fact that it would never uh, be different, that this is just how it's going to be and how difficult it was. And he said sometimes he just gets so discouraged. And he said, and no one has it as hard as I do. But then, as he knew what was right, he he knew the answer and the truth and he felt it for real. And he said that he added in that same post that he had learned to count his blessings. And he also realized that no one had it as good as he did. And if he can say that, and we think, I don't know how you could say that, doesn't even make sense. Maybe he's on to something there. He then shared that someone made a comment on that post that he made and his name was Charles Warren a friend of his and Charles said in his comment that uh, told Don that if it wasn't for his accident they would have never met and that their meeting changed his life forever because Don and his wife Aaron shared the gospel with Charles you see while while Don was in his wheelchair and adjusting to his home. Charles was a contractor, and he was remodeling his bathroom so he could get around in the bathroom. And during their conversations, they started talking about the Bible and Jesus, and they taught Charles the gospel. And Charles is a Christian to this day. If that accident had never happened Would Charles be a Christian today? Maybe so. But that helps us understand Romans chapter 8, doesn't it? When Paul talks about uh, that there's nothing that will separate us from the love of God. Not all of these things that can happen in life, nothing can separate us from the love of God. And Don has come to understand that. Because even though such a tragedy has happened to him that changed his life forever, God worked it out for good. And now there's a new brother in Christ and countless others because he continues to work through dawn to share the gospel with other people. And that situation brought them together. And now there's a new brother in Christ. That's such a powerful story. And yet we look at our life and we get so afraid. And Jesus said, what are you afraid of? Quit quit looking at everything else and look at me and believe. And stay strong in your faith. And things might get bad and they might get rough. And they might not get better. But in me they can be better. Because no matter what happens, you hold on to my hand. And we're going to get through this. And on the other side, it will be better. I, I, let me wrap up with pointing out something that I think is really important. Because the miracles that we see in Scripture can trouble us sometimes. We wonder, well, what, well that's not what happened in my life. My, my baby didn't, didn't survive. My spouse didn't survive. My, my brother or sister uh, passed away. It didn't work out that way for me. And, and my illness hasn't been fixed. And, 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 and my friend died at a young age. But yet, look what Jesus did in Scripture. We need to understand that during this time, Jesus, and then he passed it on to the apostles, were doing miracles. And and in John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31, John tells us, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life In His name. That's the point of the miracles. It's not that Jesus doesn't care about everybody else. It's that He did the miracles so that you would see the miracle. And just like Jairus and just like uh, the woman and just like so many others, they say, well, maybe He is who He says He is. And maybe He is the Son of God. And maybe I ought to take a chance on Him. No matter what happens in life. And maybe even though bad things happen, I need to keep my faith in Him because I believe His words, that He is the Son of God, my Savior. And the only way I'm going to get to eternal life with Him through this life is to be in Christ, to have my faith totally in Him. In chapter 2 of John, Verse 23, he tells us that many believed in Jesus when they saw the signs he was doing. And today we have his written word, as John tells us in John 20. We have the written account of Jesus. We have Mark and the rest of Scripture to tell us the story of God that is Christ the Savior who came to save us. And it's our salvation is why Jesus You see, He cares for our problems when we're at the end of our rope and we're down to two fingers holding on to our rope and we don't know how we're going to make it. Jesus came for us, most importantly for our salvation, but also to be there with us as we walk through our problems. We don't have to go through them alone. We can have hope and strength and encouragement because Jesus is with us he cares most about our greatest problem and that is sin and our need, need for salvation john said in first john chapter 5 verses 4 and 5 that faith is the victory that overcomes the world See, you may not always overcome every problem in life. You don't know how it's going to work out. But when your faith and your total trust is in Christ, you overcome the world no matter what happens, and you end up on the other side in eternity with Jesus. Because faith is the victory. We're worried about, we're afraid about the problem over here, and am I going to have victory over this issue? And Jesus is saying, quit being so afraid. Faith is the victory for eternal life over this world. And that's what I want us to remind us of by looking at these problems and they point us to Jesus and who He is, that He has authority, and that He is the Son of God, that He is the one for us to put our faith in, our trust in, and to give our lives to. And if you've not put your faith and trust in God this morning and put on Christ in baptism, why would you not do that? Why would you wait? Study the Word with somebody, or if you're ready now, then put put on Christ in baptism now. Be raised out of the water to walk in newness of life, to be a new creation in Christ. And if you've not been uh, faithful to Jesus, if you've been uh, uh, more afraid than anything else and even feeling forsaken by Him, put your faith in Him and ask for prayers that your faith can be strengthened and walk with us as we walk with Christ and help one another. If we can serve you this morning, we invite you to come forward as we stand and sing. We thank you again for listening today. If we can answer any questions for you or serve you in some way, please reach out to us. You can find our contact information and more on our website at bullardchurchofchrist.com. And if this lesson has helped you, please rate our podcast and share it so more people can hear the Word of God. And please come visit as soon as you can. We meet on Sundays for class at 9 a.m., worship at 10 a.m., evening worship at 5, and Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. God bless.